Hey, self-care partners, just a reminder to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you don't mind, give us a follow on Instagram at Emotion for Mental Health and like us on Facebook. If you want to participate in our conversation, slide into our DMs or shoot us an email at emotionformentalhealth at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Okay, first and foremost, we are not mental health professionals. We are here to share our experience, but we can't give you medical advice. If you're experiencing a crisis, please reach out to a local or national resource. You can reach the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or find additional mental health resources on the ABA website. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome to Men's Sauna. A motion for mental health. This is a podcast dedicated to reducing stigma around mental health issues in the legal industry through weekly conversations. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Laura. And we're super happy to have you guys here today. Um, this week, we're going to be discussing self-assessment. Uh, did I miss something? You're going to no, 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 something. <laughs> no. I'm just very ready for this episode because okay, okay. I have a lot to say. <laughs> Caitlin's a little angry, guys. Um. <laughs> I, I have a lot of feelings at the moment. Uh, good. We're going to get them all out. We're all going to whine together. Yep. Um. So, yeah, self-assessment. We're going to sort of be talking about, of course, first, our own journeys on this long journey of mental health <laughs> together. Um. And then we're going to dive right into our substantive topic, which is going to involve basically Caitlin and I sharing what we feel like when we feel negative mental health symptoms and when we felt like it was time for us to seek help. All right. So in the last episode, Mm -hmm. Making Time for Mental Health, I talked a little bit about my attention span and how it's been causing me some issues. And I told you all that I was going to talk to my psychiatrist about it. I went ahead and did that as promised. And it turns out I have ADHD. No surprise there. Uh, Yeah, this is the person who misplaced our uh, computer cord. (laughs) twice right twice I won't say three times this is our third computer cord for the podcast right because someone has a habit of ordering packages and then throwing them away yep I just (laughs) I just I lose everything I ordered a cord I lost it immediately so I ordered another one (laughs) did not lose that one but it was not work yeah 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 but it was not the right cord so then I then I ordered another one and I lost that one immediately (laughs) I actually found it I didn't have to order another one but I only found it because I was looking for something else like two days later. So that is the story of my life. Uh, I was not shocked whatsoever. I told my family that I got this new diagnosis and everyone was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Validation. Hey, thanks, Sam. My dad was like, oh, yeah, you've always had that. (laughs) I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for telling me this now 27 years later. So it's interesting the way I came to sort of discover this. I mean, I think I've always known that I had it. Mm -hmm. But a couple weeks ago, I was at a Friendsgiving with some law school friends, and I was talking with one of my friends there, and she told me that she was diagnosed with ADHD like later in life but everything she said to me just really resonated with me and I was like you know I've always kind of had an an inkling that this might be a thing for me but I always did really well in school I always got good grades and I've always been successful mm-hmm. right like whatever that term means it's I've that always high functioning mental illness yeah thing all over again but While I was like getting A's in school, I was losing my winter jacket every other month. I was losing my bathing suit when I had swim practice. I was forgetting things for games that I needed. 
just con- like constant. Mm-hmm. And I always just thought that I was kind of aloof. My family always just thought I was aloof. So I think that people didn't recognize that I probably had this back then as well. But what I learned is that it's partially because ADHD manifests differently in girls than it does in boys. Oh, I just read an article about that. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so while I was still getting girls good are chatty, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, oh, yeah, I could totally see you as a chatty girl. Yeah, I was just going to say elementary school. I was constantly getting in trouble in yep. elementary school for talking in class all the time. <laughs> like I would get notes on my report card. People would call She's home. doing really well, but like tell her to shut up. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And it was yeah. constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, my family just thought I was like kind of a aloof and right. like a chatty Kathy and right. wouldn't stop talking. That's what people say though. They're like, oh, she's a chatty Kathy. And yeah. it's never ever looked at as anything that could be, oh, maybe that's something that, you know, should be looked into a little yeah. bit, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's just really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, but, but again, it's kind of like, oh yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How did you feel when you got that diagnosis? Did that feel like, I feel like sometimes when people gets like an official diagnosis like that it's kind of like oh my gosh like thank you for that validation that's yeah. kind of like the answer I've been looking for like I always knew I was maybe this way so yeah I think that that's a good question um I so like I said it wasn't really a surprise I think I kind of knew it was coming going mm-hmm. into that conversation just like I did with my anxiety and depression mm-hmm. um but I also think that this has been really overwhelming mm. it like feels good to know but at the same time it's like what what other things do I have going mm. on that I just haven't known that are like about undiagnosed yeah, yeah yeah and and I kind of wish that diagnoses weren't like so important mm-hmm. because you can not have a diagnosis and still have a lot of anxiety or mm-hmm. still be depressed for me I haven't had a diagnosis for 27 years but I've probably had ADHD this whole time right and so if and, and I know that part of it is like for insurance companies, they like often require, yeah, yeah, they often require a diagnosis to like cover medications and cover appointments, mm-hmm. especially with mental health, which is a whole other area of stigma that we should address at another time. We should, we should, we should have a whole like healthcare system yeah. or maybe a series of healthcare system yeah. episodes because I think we all kind of have interacted with the healthcare system in varying degrees and yeah. it's real interesting. I mean, I know for like, even too, if you don't get an official diagnosis, you can still have, you can still be symptomatic of those things too, you know? Yeah. And I just think that if we weren't so based in diagnoses, we could still treat those symptoms, Mm -hmm. right? Like for me, maybe I don't have like ADHD in the same way that a lot of other people have it, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of those symptoms and the medication that I'm going to start taking for it might help those symptoms. Right. And because we're, so now I have a diagnosis, which is fine because I'm comfortable in that, but a lot of people may not be. A lot of people may be afraid to get treatment for those symptoms because they don't want to end up with that diagnosis. And so, I don't know, it it was overwhelming. It feels like it's, it's changing who I am and I have to like, no, that isn't the case. I know that like I have diagnosis to, is changing. Yeah. Like I have are? to know yeah. that ADHD isn't my personality. It's not yeah. who I am, yeah. but it is something that I have mm-hmm. and that I'm hopefully going to learn to deal with. But like now it feels like everything I do, I'm like, is this just my ADHD <laughs> or is this? And, and yeah, you're questioning like what's what? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's interesting. I feel like I would do the same thing, but it is weird because like, regardless of whether you raised your hands here, psychiatrist or not, you'd still be having those same symptoms. Like it literally doesn't matter. Right. You know? Right. So it's, that's interesting that now you're kind of like surveying your behavior and actions. Yep. 
I also want to back up a second and talk mm-hmm. about the healthcare industry. Yeah, let's uh, go into that. Because the reason I was so excited about this episode is because right before Laura and I got to the studio, or right before I got to the studio, I was at the pharmacy arguing with, not arguing, but actually having like kind of a panic attack in the middle of CVS because they were telling me that it was going to cost me $190 for a 30-day supply of this new ADHD medication that I'm going to try. And like, I can't afford that. Nope. There's no way I can afford $200 a month. And I have decent health insurance through my work that I pay a good amount of money for and that my firm pays a lot of money for. And this is an essential medication. I mean, well, I haven't used it yet, so I don't know if it's going to be essential for me. I don't know if it's going to be the right one for me. You want to try it. You want to be have the ability exactly. to literally try out a medication yeah. that you think will help improve your life. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up getting a coupon, and I don't even think that I used my insurance for it because I found this other coupon. So it cost me $105, which still is so much money. $105 a month. Yeah. That is so much money. That's big. Yeah, that that's like another man. bill. That's more than my phone bill. Right. That's like half of my car payment. Yeah. Like that's a lot of no, money. No, that's a crazy amount of money. And I don't make a lot of money, but I don't make a little money. Yeah. So if I can't afford that, yeah. all I can think is that there are so many more people that wouldn't be able to afford that medication yeah. either. And this is for ADHD, which is essential. Like it's something that I'm dealing with. But I think about people with like chronic illness or right. other severe like really severe kind yeah of severe conditions and stuff yeah I know and it's like crazy. what if they can't afford like their blood pressure medication or their or I mean god let's talk about insulin for a second I know I was like, just gonna say what about like type 1 diabetes like, yeah crazy I know yeah I so know. <laughs> stay tuned yeah. for an episode dedicated to our healthcare delivery system I mean in I'm still butthurt about how I can't go to my old therapist because yeah. now she's I mean, she's not charging like it's out of my healthcare coverage now and it's three times as much as normal. I'm like, I can't, I can't pay that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's transition to you because I know you've got a similar issue going on. So that's my, that's my update. Um, I'll keep you guys posted on the medication and all that, but that's what I've got going on this week. So what's going on with you? That's rough. Um, I'm continuing my therapist search. Actually, I... (laughs) I wasn't going to continue. I literally started continuing it about two hours before I came here because I was like, oh, damn. I mean, so you guys are really keeping us accountable. <laughs> For serious. I was staring at my computer, like wrestling with myself, being like, I should do this probably should do this I would for sure not have done it if we did not record tonight yep. there's no way mm-hmm. it's kind of like how like I know I have to do something before a meeting and I'm like I don't do it all week because it's not that essential and the yep. half hour before the meeting starts there needs to be a whole like firm wide update because Laura <laughs> did a piece of the thing you know so thank you for the accountability piece yes um so I did continue my search a few short hours ago and I don't uh, more more complaints about the healthcare system I mean I have Really, I have Anthem Insurance. Yeah, really. What is it? The largest provider. Yeah, I have in United Healthcare, another right. one of the largest. Right. Providers. We're not talking about like kind of off the market, like weird small companies. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just I have like lots of complaints. I have complaints about like their site and their search searches for providers not being user friendly. Yep. And I'm speaking as uh, not a computer illiterate person. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like. How is somebody like, for example, my mom going to go on here and search for a provider? It wouldn't happen. It wasn't even picking up the word therapist or counselor. And I was just getting so frustrated. I was like, what the heck is happening? And all the ones on the website, they weren't 
Um, so, I mean, for the therapist that I'm looking for, like you're usually like an LCP, a license, I'm sorry, LPC, a licensed professional counselor or an LCSW, licensed clinical social worker. And now I'm, I'm more familiar with LPCs because I just love my therapist. And I want, once again, I want my like older, wiser, mm. lesbian, LCP, LPC, LPC. I think it's licensed clinical psychologist. No, it's licensed. <sighs> I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. We can't, we cannot continue this episode. It might be both. There's <laughs> probably both out there. All right. LCP <coughs> therapist. We're going to get this right. Licensed clinical psychologist. Yeah. So you're LCP. Right. Good job. Good yeah. job. So like I wanted an LCP and when you're, I just had a conversation with um, Lindsay, my um, friend who's in training to be an LCP. And we were talking about how they just have like different modalities and systems they use yeah. and like the social working side, like usually, I mean, they get taught about like systems that people are a part of and they do like obviously personal counseling. It's still like one-on-one, et cetera, but it's just sort of like a different approach. And I was mm-hmm. like, why is there only two therapists available in the 50 mile radius of yeah. where I live I live in a city we live in Richmond and we're not I'm not in some remote so it was frustrating I did end up calling one person who I hope takes my coverage because I just got so annoyed with my insurance website that I hopped on Google and tried to do a focus search that way yeah um and it seems like she does anyway I left her a message we'll see okay. um it's not my exact profile that I'm looking for I don't think but I'm trying to be like a little bit more open and less, yeah. and less bratty about it but um, so that's my update there. Other updates, I feel like talking about medication, I was telling Caitlin about this earlier. I kind of had, I've been having like crying jags in my office this week because, you know, weirdly, like the medication stigma is real with this one because yeah. it's sort of ironic. We have Caitlin over here doing her <laughs> Give medication me all journey. the happy pills, please. I know <laughs> that I so support and I support, like I talk to everybody about like f- for themselves, right? Like encouraging that and stuff. But like when it comes to me, I'm like, no, I can't do that. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, I also, it's, it's kind of, it's me. Like, so I don't really take, I take, of course I am vaccinated. I take antibiotics when I'm sick, et cetera. I just, I think my like thought and feeling is like, I see like a lot of my history is like a lot of over medication. I see like mm-hmm. what that does to different subgroups of people. And, I, and not that I feel at risk for that, but I've never been the person to like, I don't know if I have a headache, I don't take Tylenol. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm not taking Midal for cramps. And that is also a super privileged position, which I recognize. Yeah. Like I'm, I haven't really been in enough literal pain. I've never sprained anything yeah. to actually need something stronger. So I've been yeah. incredibly lucky and privileged to not being a position and I for sure would not deny myself that if that was the case right but like I've been such a lucky brat as far as like never having anything physically really health-wise wrong yeah that's really interesting I've never really thought about it like that but I've gotten really bad migraines my whole life yeah I know and so I'm very used to trying different medications Mm -hmm. honestly for my migraines I've been getting them my entire life and I've never found anything that works Mm. but I have always been very open to trying new things because of the fact that (laughs) my migraines are absolutely unbearable. Yeah. And I have found actually most of my relief with peppermint oil, which is kind Hmm. of interesting because it's not actually a painkiller. It's just an essential oil. Interesting. Um, But I think for that that reason, I am more open to trying new medications and I never thought of it like that. But But I'm sure, you know, 
everyone's different. You Mm -hmm. don't have to live with chronic pain to be open to it. But I've never thought of like, if you've never experienced that, then it can be really scary to try something new. You don't know how it's going to affect your body. Like the idea of like putting anything in my body, like kind of freaks me out. And it's also because I am a lightweight when it comes to all things. Like I remember I did try like literal mydol once when I was, I don't know, in seventh grade or something. And it made me so it has caffeine in it. So it made me so ridiculously caffeinated and chatty yeah. and like so out of my skin that my mom was like, okay, no more, no more medication. Yeah. Like you're good. You're good. And I just kind of like held on to that idea for forever that I'm kind of like a lightweight when it comes to all the things mm-hmm. and just to kind of watch it. I like essential oils. I like a lot of like homeopathic kind of stuff, but like, I don't really like putting things in my body. I yeah. stopped taking birth control when I was still dating men years ago yeah and I had like a bad experience with it etc so I've just been like literal medication free for a very long time and I feel very happy about that and recently I've been having (laughs) I'm self-diagnosing myself at this point by the way but like (laughs) I've I keep on thinking that I may have endometriosis Um, I'm getting like weird just to be all out on the out and personal and everything sorry for people periods are are normal (laughs) boys (laughs) normalizing the stigma (laughs) Um, but yeah I've been getting like crazy unbearable cramps like after my cycle is over like I've never felt pain like this before and I think often about people who like endure chronic pain and who have endometriosis and other conditions and I'm like I literally don't know I I was incapacitated like for hours and I didn't know what to do like in my head when I felt the pain coming on because now this is like the fifth or sixth month in a row it's happening but I felt the pain coming on and I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to like sit in my bed and like read or like do a little computer work and it'll be okay. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even pick up the phone to like text for help. Yeah. Like it was crazy and it just panicked me. And then I had all these feelings of like shame about like, okay, like, you know, it's only for like two hours a month. You can't handle two hours a month. Like you're going to like get on medication, which is, you know, my mind just ran fully yeah. muck and I worked from home the next day and I came back in and um my legal secretary knew about what I was facing and she came in and she's really sweet and she came into my office and she was like oh like how are your cramps like actually I have endometriosis and I was like oh like okay that's I mean I thought that's cool but like she was relating to me but <laughs> what she was saying actually like put me in even I was already feeling very on edge about like my feelings about like having to deal with what a diagnosis like that would bring and she was kind of she was like yeah, you know, I had a full hysterectomy and like I was, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, and she was, and she was saying it. No. She meant to be. And she was like, she also, she couched it in terms of like, you know, I'm sure they have like medications now. This is in the eighties. You know, obviously they were just, (laughs) they were more into doing that to women then. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she had like, you know, a couple of surgeries and stuff. And I was just sitting there like freaking out, (laughs) straight freaking out. And I had texted a friend who had endometriosis and she like calmed me down a bit. And she was like, okay, welcome to 2019. Like they don't just remove your uterus <laughs> if like you're having some cramps, like it's okay. And I was like, I can't have kids. Like, I don't even know if I want to have kids, but like now the ability is stripped for me. And she yeah. was like, you literally don't even have a diagnosis. Let's just simmer down, yeah. which I needed to do. But it was, it was funny because I was literally, and I was still, I'm literally freaking out about the prospect of probably being on birth control because that's usually a first line of defense for like okay what if you if you have if you have if you're symptomatic of that they try that first to see if that helps or that's her story and apparently that's what's usually done um so just the idea of like how many 
millions of people are on birth control. I was on birth control. It's not like, you know, so, but just the idea of having to change my like routine and like Mm -hmm. potentially having to shift my mind to like, you know, if that could help me, like it's okay to take a pill every, but in my head, I was like, I'll be taking a pill every day. (laughs) It's it's, it's birth control. Like I'm acting completely ridiculous. No, it's scary though. It's also my mind is just uh, I don't know. It just fully ran and ran away from me. It, it yeah. was just disappointing. <laughs> so like not a not a great not a great positive mental health experience this yeah. week. Yeah. Jeez. Well, That's it sounds like we both have lots of physical and mental health issues going on. <laughs> so you guys, we have tons of content for you. Yay. Stay tuned. This podcast Stay is not going updates. away anytime soon. No, listen to us. <laughs> grape grape session. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. All right, are we ready to dive in here? Let's do it. Speaking of self-assessment and yeah. self-diagnosis, I mean, I'm a literal expert at that, so <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to start by talking to you guys a little bit about me in general and how I sort of view mental health and how I started talking myself through identifying what I was feeling. Um what I have come to learn about myself and what I think helps a lot of other people as well is that talking about mental health is very intangible. Mm-hmm. It's not something we can relate so much to. Well, it's not a physical feeling, so it's not something we can always. It, and sometimes it has physical components. Yeah, yeah. But for me, anyway, everybody feels these things differently And so it was hard to articulate what I was feeling, at least to myself, before I started like seeing a therapist and they were asking me very direct questions, which made it easier to talk about. I wasn't really sure how to sort of talk about it with myself. You didn't have the language yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we've had a few people write into us about their journeys. And that's a common theme that I've noticed is people tend to talk about mental health issues in in sort of metaphorical language in ways that we compare it to physical feelings so for me what mental health what my mental health issues have felt like and this is my anxiety my depression probably my ADHD that Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of starting to learn how it interacts with the rest of this um is it's always felt like I'm carrying around this like very heavy backpack full of books I went to school for most of my life, so that's a very familiar feeling to me, and I think that's probably why I relate it to that. But it feels like this very heavy backpack full of books, and it feels like it has weighed me down for a very long time. It's been very heavy, and I haven't ever really known how to like open that backpack and see what's inside and understand it and like read those books. And so the way that I started thinking about my mental health journey and starting to get help was figuring out how to open that backpack and take those books out and read them and understand them and then put them on the shelf and organize them. So it's not something that I'm getting rid of. I can't get rid of my anxiety. I can't get rid of it. Exactly. Which is what I did in law school with a lot of my outlines and textbooks. (laughs) But unfortunately, that doesn't apply here. It's just a cathartic experience. It's more mental health care. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So that's how I started thinking about it. And that has kind of helped me put all of this into perspective and learn to be more patient about things, understand that that this isn't something that happens overnight. I can't take out this very heavy book about my anxiety and, you know, look at it for two seconds and put it on the shelf and never think about it again. Yeah. It's going to take me a long time to read through it because it's a heavy book, mm-hmm. just like my depression, just like my ADHD, which I'm just starting to learn about. 
and and going to therapy and talking to a psychiatrist made it a little bit lighter. It helped me lighten that burden of all of these issues that I've been dealing with for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that metaphor because I can like picture it. And I love the part about like categorizing and organizing the books too, because that's, that's a good metaphor. And I think it's also really useful though to to do both so like you said um when we talk about mental health I feel like we often don't have the language to explain it so we use metaphors and I think it's talking about like specific tangible physical symptoms because calling your mental health symptoms and maybe this is just more applicable to anxiety because that's the camp that I live in mm-hmm. um but instead of saying like I'm having a panic attack or I'm having anxiety or like using those really like 10,000 foot words and you don't quite know what's in that bag Mm -hmm. saying things to yourself like my chest is really tight or my heart is pounding it kind of makes it less scary because saying you were having a panic attack is like oh my god I'm having a panic attack to me even more oh yeah no it just fully increases it or if being like oh my gosh I've been anxious all day today what if I feel like this tomorrow I don't want to feel this way at least that's snowballs a little bit for me but if I'm like okay my chest feels kind of tight. I'm a little bit short of breath, et cetera. Like those things are things like I can like manage and deal with. Yeah. Like if I'm feeling short of breath, I'm like, okay, let's just like take a couple deep breaths and see if that feels better. Yeah. It's like, it like breaks it out into manageable things and it makes it not be like this giant mental illness I have mm-hmm. to tackle today called anxiety, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really important too, because all of these things are going to feel so different for everyone mm-hmm. that like when I say I'm feeling anxiety, it's not going to be the same as when you say you're feeling anxiety necessarily. So to the extent that you can start breaking it down into those very discrete parts, it helps you understand yourself a lot better and understand like what is like, what is anxiety for you? What pieces of anxiety are you experiencing at a time? Because it's not always going to be all of them. Like sometimes my anxiety is just my heart beating really fast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my anxiety is my chest is really tight and my hands are sweating and I feel like I can't breathe. So it's different every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really important. And, and for me, I'll tell you guys what anxiety feels like to me. Like I said, it can be different a lot of the time, but it's often my palms get really sweaty. My chest is really tight. Um, my heart, pounds like it feels like my heart is literally in my head it's so loud and it's just it's all I can hear sometimes Mm -hmm. um it's like biting my nails it's bouncing my leg a lot and actually these are physical symptoms yeah they are that's what I mean too like it is it it, it manifests physically yeah like they are and I think it's useful to talk about them like that too because talking about those physical symptoms also like in my head validates that mental illness more you know like when people are like oh it's anxiety get over and I'm like I feel like I can't breathe like it's a it's almost a breathing issue and I know I know people now who have gone to the hospital or to the doctor for symptoms of anxiety thinking it was like a heart attack or something or like they were having like a chest like Mm -hmm. pain issue and the doctor is then like oh it's anxiety and they're like how (laughs) yeah I have definitely had more extreme like probably actual panic attacks before where that's what it has felt like for me where I literally thought I was going to pass out and then I thought I was having a heart attack and I literally thought I was about to die um and that's terrifying and that's Mm -hmm. a really scary feeling and of course if you're feeling that way go to the hospital like call 911 no (laughs) but sometimes you can get more comfortable in those feelings and start to realize that like 
you can start to recognize it sooner. What's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I've definitely felt that. I also, my mouth will get really dry. I get itchy. Um, oh, we yeah. talked about this. Mm-hmm. I've broken out in hives before. Mm-hmm. There was one morning where I was just riddled with anxiety. Like, I could just feel it in my whole body. And all of a sudden, I, like, rubbed my side, and there was a bump there. And I was like, what the heck is that? And I looked in the mirror, and there were just hives all up and down my back. And that had never really happened to me before. Yeah. Um, I so, get a lot of chest hives. That's yeah, where, that's where my I hives get that usually too. happen. I'll get, like, itchy redness on my chest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my cheeks mm-hmm. will flush. Mm-hmm. Your skin's literally like, crawling with anxiety. Yep. It's super fun. Yeah, exactly. And then aside from that, sometimes, you know, it, it's avoiding certain situations that I would have otherwise felt comfortable in, like mm-hmm. hanging out with certain people or going to certain places, um, canceling plans last minute because all of a sudden I, like, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like when I get there. I don't know who's going to be there. What are we going to do? What am I going to say? What are we going to talk about? Mm-hmm. All of these things that I'm, I used to be really comfortable in, or I, I usually am really comfortable mm-hmm. with that started to terrify me. And, yeah. and it was a weird feeling and I didn't know what to do. And I would just, like I said, cancel plans. The other really interesting thing for me that I'd never really thought of as a part of anxiety until more recently is just the exhaustion Mm -hmm. that I felt from it like after a full day of feeling anxious all day yeah I would be so tired yeah at the end of the day your body is like in overtime because it's managing what it normally manages during the day and also like all of your crazy anxious thoughts that are like catastrophizing things yeah you know yeah it's a lot (laughs) yeah it's a lot it's a lot and it can be different for everyone but Mm -hmm. I think those are most of the most of the symptoms that I've felt or I've realized are are the most common symptoms of anxiety for me yeah um I have a lot of those same symptoms it usually feels like throat and like chest pressure to me like really really tight what like gets at me the most is the shortness of breath thing because yeah. that usually snowballs into panicking feeling like I can't breathe and like oh if I can't breathe I'll die um yeah that's that's just reminding me of mm-hmm. someone that we had right in about his journey and he compared it a lot to feeling like drowning and feeling like there was a lot of pressure and like he was struggling to swim against the current mm-hmm. a lot of the time and I think that that's kind of a similar feeling like that that pressure on your chest yeah and not being able to breathe and like it feels like there's something physically wrong in your lungs. Yeah. No, it feels like a, a physical that doesn't, if you're, if you told me like, oh, that's not mental health, that's physical health. I'd be like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. You're right. Correct. <laughs> um, I have, a, this isn't quite physical, but it's, it's always like emblematic of my anxiety is like racing mind and catastrophizing. And like, you know, I mean, we've all been there, like just letting your mind fully run away with you and go down this rabbit hole of like, oh, you're probably going to have endometriosis. You're going to die. You're not going to have kids. Sorry. End of yeah. life. You know, just, always thinking that worst case right, scenario. Worst case I scenarios do that a lot too. Or classic anxiety. Um, we were talked, I think that's like all like symptoms anxiety wise for me. And we talked about too, like things that can like exacerbate them. So like, yeah. I love like the taste of coffee. Like me too. It's, it's not like that. Like jumpy bean water is I not know. really good for me. I do drink coffee, honestly, probably like four or five times a week. But I try to limit it because, yeah. like I said, I cannot handle my doll's level of caffeine. So yeah. I probably shouldn't have, like, a venti latte on the daily. Yeah, I started realizing that a lot more recently. Um, so I guess I should have included this as part of my update. But I think I kind of touched on it last week. Lexapro has been 
really working. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of changed my life just in the last two weeks, and my anxiety level has been extremely reduced. It's which crazy. is crazy. That's awesome. It's I feel like a different person. Well, I feel like myself again. Yeah, which is that's, awesome. That's a good so point, important. though. Like I feel like with medication, we're like, oh, we're gonna like in my head, I'm like, I don't want to feel different. Yeah, and people are like, no, I feel normal. Yeah, like the yeah. anxiety is the different thing. Yeah, but so so that's been really awesome. But up until that point. I was I cut back on caffeine significantly because mm-hmm. as soon as I would have that cup in the morning, yeah, all of my symptoms were like there. on fire. Yeah. yeah, it was like immediate. It's a thing. Yeah, it's hard to recognize because it's such a thing in our society yeah. and culture to like go oh, have a cup of coffee in the morning. It's not like I mean I I literally can't imagine. I have a coffee every morning still. I I cannot imagine not doing that. Yeah. Like I cannot wake up in the morning without it. No, my anxiety wakes me up in the morning. That's my coffee. Oh, like good. my anxiety <laughs> is usually like the most poignant in the morning. I don't know why. Like yeah, I I, I, I always too. say like I wake up and I honestly have like I'll count to like three. I get like three seconds of where I just exist. Ugh. Right? And I I'm just like Oh, I'm waking up. Cool. And then my anxiety is like, hey, <laughs> us too. The sun's up. We're up. But like really, it like I was just talking with my sister about that. And she was like, you never drink coffee in the morning. And I was like, literally, dude, my anxiety is like, I'm up and at him in the morning. Yeah. I am ready. So thanks, anxiety. Don't yeah. need coffee in the morning. Yeah. Um, other uh, also like drinking too. Caitlin and I yeah. were just talking about we sort of had a heavier drinking weekend. Mm-hmm. And today I kind of feel just off. And yeah. I feel like it's because of that. I started tracking that in the summer a bit and cutting yeah. back. And I feel like it was for the better. And I don't know. I guess I haven't had a time in a while where I've like drank like three nights in a row, like to, to for a decent amount. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't feel awesome. Yeah. I've been cutting back on drinking that. quite a bit recently as well because hangover, hangover anxiety when you hit like 25 is so real. Yeah. Oh I my agree. god, it's the worst. And so I refuse to believe that, but like I know it's true. Yeah. So those that, are two substances that yeah. definitely Yeah, I don't know. It it helped me to think about how they impacted my mental health. It's it's part of I think the the self-assessment topic that we're talking about is recognizing those parts of your life that probably feel very very normal mm-hmm. and starting to understand that those things could very well be contributing to the issues that you're having and finding ways to be comfortable not doing those things as much anymore. Like for me, drinking has been a big part of my life. It's like college culture. It was big in law school. Yeah. And that was something that honestly, like it wasn't really hard because I just didn't want to do it anymore because I knew it wasn't making me feel good. Yeah. But it, I think it took me some time to get to that point where I realized like, oh, okay, like this is, this doesn't feel good. Right. This, this Sunday full of anxiety is not worth no. my Saturday night. No. I remember like over the summer, like having like a peaceful paddleboarding Sunday and I was just ridden with anxiety yeah. and I was like, are, are we serious right now? Yeah. Like, it can take the fun man. out of those things sometimes. Oh yeah. No, it fully, su- yeah. All right. You guys want to know what depression feels like? <laughs> Let's I would love talk to know. about it. Let's chat. So depression for me is very, very scary. I am a very extroverted person. I have always enjoyed exercise. I've always enjoyed sports. I've always enjoyed hanging out with my friends and my family and just meeting new people and talking to people. And depression stripped all of that from me. It was not wanting to leave my house. Mm -hmm. It was 
saying no to plans when people ask would ask me to do things and then feeling sad that I wasn't with Fair. people. Yeah. And it was laying on my couch for hours at a time, feeling tired, feeling lazy, feeling disinterested. One time I heard someone describe it as despondent. And I think that's like the yeah. perfect word. Me too. It, it's, it was just like, even when I, when I was acting happy in the back of my mind, I literally just felt like I wasn't even there. Yeah. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know, like, I didn't care about mm-hmm. the people around me. I, I like, I, I remember I came back to Virginia from being in New York and I didn't want my partner to touch me or be close to me. I didn't want to be around anyone. I just wanted to be by myself. Yeah. And I love him very much and I love my family and I love my friends and I wanted nothing to do with any of them. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrifying feeling because I knew it wasn't me. I knew it wasn't who I usually was. Yeah. But like I couldn't deny that I felt that way and I couldn't make myself not feel that way. Yeah. And it was so scary. And and that's why I eventually ended up getting help because I got so deep into it that like I didn't know myself anymore. Yeah. And it, and that's, and it was, it was terrifying. Sounds terrifying. Yeah. It it really was. It really was. And again, I, have said this before, but it kind of comes and goes for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'll have periods where I'm like very depressed. And then, you know, a couple weeks later I feel okay. I think that's just part of it. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about that is we had a friend reach out to us Mm -hmm. who had a similar experience with depression, but it was more, I think from the way that he described it, it was more like discrete periods of depression where for me, it kind of all blended together. Mm-hmm. Like even when I would feel better, I still wasn't really myself. Yeah, you weren't all the way there. Yeah. Um, and, and he explained it as feeling just like a wisp of a personality, mm. like like not even yeah. not even being present in any situation. And that really resonated with yeah, me as well. Yeah, like the facade of like still being a person. Yeah. You're not there. Yeah. And so for him, it actually turned out that he found out he had bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. which is something I have not personally experienced, or at least I don't think I have. So I thought I thought that was really interesting because it resonated a lot with me. But at the same time, his experience has been so different. Yeah. Like it was comforting, I guess, to hear that even though our experiences in general have been pretty different, we still have those very similar feelings. And, and because again, as we talked about, he's also a very extroverted person just by like talking to him, you would never know he was feeling those things. Yeah. And I know when you said that it was him talking about that, I was like, are we thinking about the same person? Like you would just never know. And it's, it's interesting too, because you're such an extrovert as well so yeah it's it's interesting I love to travel I love to be around people and these were all things that I didn't want to do for an extended period of time yeah and it was a really interesting experience for me when I finally realized that I needed to get professional help because I always thought that people who were depressed and weren't like coming out of that depression Mm -hmm. were just not helping themselves they were just not doing what they needed to do to like get better yeah and for me it took a lot for me to realize that like wait no it's not just a decision I can make to be better like I have to go talk to someone and I have to do something when you don't feel like you care about anything it's crazy it's interesting that that's sort of like the moment 
for you were like self-assessing and you felt like you were in so deep so that's why you like yeah. decided to get help and it's funny because like my one kind of experience of depression because that's something that's not something I I've dealt with at all much yeah. but yeah I was despondent was a word I used all the time I can't imagine like not caring to an obsessive degree over stuff because it's weird because like I feel like my anxiety makes me care about things I necessarily maybe shouldn't even really care about like what was weirdest to me was like I couldn't have cared less whether I like took the bar studied yeah became a lawyer enough like the my main drive for years was that yep and when I felt that way I I don't know in my head I was like I literally it doesn't really matter like nothing matters which is very not me yeah so it was really scary to be there and it's interesting we had um one of our friends who went to law school with us um talk to us about how she used the um counseling center at law school for free Mm -hmm. um during a hard time there and it's that's I think it's a worthwhile resource to mention that like so many grad schools and schools in general have those like free mental health resources it Mm -hmm. makes it like a little bit more accessible and it is funny that she mentioned that because I remember when I was in that hole that terrible hole um I actually knew about that or somebody told me about it and I like literally had the number and I called and I made an appointment and I canceled it yeah and then I didn't do anything until the following year when a friend and I kind of just time had sort of eased that hole and I started gradually coming back a bit Mm -hmm. um and then I sought therapy yeah yeah so so that's quite a lot about what anxiety has or what um mental health issues in general have Mm -hmm. felt like to us for you all we just hope that that will provide you some perspective into maybe some things that you all have been feeling and ways that you can start to think about your own mental health and and issues that you might be facing in your daily lives and start to think about ways that you can talk about them because like you said earlier Lara going into therapy I didn't have the language for it I still don't really always have the language for it and so hopefully this podcast can help everyone start to develop the language and and start recognizing the feelings that they're having and figuring out like what what you might be able to do to to get better or when when you might be able to do that maybe maybe don't wait like I did I know um until you get into that deep place where there's not really a hope it's very unlikely at that point or at least for me it was super unlikely that I would have reached out um learning I think that self-assessment piece is so important because learning to feel something coming on and it's obviously super hard to do that especially if you're feeling those symptoms for the first time like I had no wherewithal to know like my depressive episode was coming Mm -hmm. but I can for sure feel now like a panic attack coming or like different anxiety symptoms like I have uh, such a greater sense of awareness about like my symptoms mm-hmm. and like what I can do on the front end to help them. Like it's, it's important. It's a, that self-assessment piece is important and it'll come in time too. Like maybe you don't know like right away, but after yeah. you've dealt with it for like a little bit, you can be like, all right, I'm going to make an appointment with my therapist. I'm going to call them or I'm going to like talk about um, to my doctor. Maybe this like medication isn't like the right dose or, you know, whatever you need to be doing that will help you. Um, being able to recognize those symptoms, whatever they are in you is important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's especially important when we talk about mental health because you are the first one that's going to be able to notice these things. I mean, other people might start to note, like for sure, my partner probably knew I was getting depressed. Mm -hmm. Other people are maybe going to be able to see it, but it it doesn't always look the same from the outside to everyone else. Well, just like you in school with like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. To, to rely on others or not even to rely on it, but to just sort of 
think about like, oh, clearly somebody will notice something extreme is going yeah. to be happening to me. A lot of times it's not because they also don't have the language or like yeah. that <laughs> same wherewithal that you don't have. Yeah. So we want to encourage you all to start trusting yourself a lot with this because you are the one that's going to sense that shift within yourself. And and we've talked about this before, but like from the outside, anxiety sometimes just looks like a type A person yep. or a high functioning it looks person. Like success. Yeah. And and that doesn't just because you're successful doesn't mean that something isn't wrong if you don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can love that part of your anxiety too. Like I still do like kind of appreciate my anxiety sometimes. I don't, again, I don't think that it's like necessary for my success. And I think that it would still be there without it. Yeah. However, you don't have to like be in a point where you're going nuts and like yeah. hating whatever like thing that you're dealing with Yep. in order to like reach out to somebody. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just think that the major takeaway here is we've shared with you what these things feel like for us and a little bit about what other people have told us depression and anxiety feel like to them. Hopefully this will give you some tools to start looking into yourself and start trusting yourself more about what you're feeling and what you might need. If you need anything, some people don't. Therapy can probably helpful be helpful regardless. Yeah. But at least just start thinking about these things. Yeah. Checking in with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Happy pills. Happy pills and Let's homework. Let's talk about our happy pills. Yay. My happy pill this week is, well, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. By the time you all listen to this, it's going to be after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But my happy pill right now, I'll fill you guys in next week on whether or not it may, it stays this through the weekend. But my happy <laughs> pill right now is that my family's going to the beach for Thanksgiving. Like I mentioned, I'm leaving in a couple days. I can't wait. Um, it's my uncle got a new beach house that I haven't seen yes. yet my mom and my brothers are going to be there and my aunt and uncle and my two cousins that I lived with during law school. And then my aunt's parents are going to be there. So it's all these people that have been absolutely essential in my life. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time we're really going to spend this holiday together for like, I mean, we're all going to be stuck in a house for like three days straight. (laughs) Um, So I'm really, really, really excited. I'm also just really excited to be at the beach and like Sounds then. Yeah, the Outer Banks are like empty this time banks. of year. Yes. So I'm really excited to just not see other people. <laughs> just yeah. like chill in the hot tub, maybe go swimming if it's nice. Yeah. And and just chill and relax and eat all the food. Sounds I'm, nice. I'm, my goal is to gain at least three pounds this weekend. I think you can do it. <laughs> I believe in you. Have I'll let you guys know next week whether or not I'm successful. <laughs> um, I'll piggyback on yours because I feel like. I don't know, guys. It was harder to come up with a happy pill this week just because I kind of felt down all day for my weekend of drinking and feel like annoyed by that. But I am I'm also looking forward to Thanksgiving. My mom is coming down to stay and we probably won't do like very many traditional Thanksgiving things like I don't eat meat. So <laughs> she's. I think she's going to make a turkey for my dog. Not kidding. Um, <laughs> but like we're not going to have it's just going to be my mom coming down and probably mostly her and I the whole weekend. My sister is going to be um my little sister lives with me, um, but she thinks I think she's probably going to be working a lot of the weekends um, because she, in addition to her PT role, she is also a server. So they do like you know Thanksgiving she's dinner. Make bank. Yeah, probably. Um, so, uh, but I'm looking forward to having her come down. She always I love when my mom's here because like she just makes my house feel so homey, yeah. and she like she's already like, "What ten things am I going to cook you?" Blah blah blah, Aww. and she's already like 
I'm like, let's make like chili. And she's like, but what about the meat? And I'm like, mom, you don't have to put ground beef in yeah. chili. Like, goodness gracious. So, but no, it'll be fun. Um, I'm also continuing to look forward to um, like the river and all the amazing outdoor spaces that you have here in Richmond being vacant. Um, yeah. I get like uh, a bit of seasonal depression. I hate the cold. Probably mm-hmm. shouldn't live here, but it's fine. Um, but I the mean, one compared thing, to where we're from, though, I know it's true. Like, I shouldn't hate the cold as much as I do. I am from the Northeast. However, I, know. I don't know. Same. I've been I I've been inching way. down, you know, year by year. But mm-hmm. no, I still I still really don't leave me. I'm not leaving you. I love Richmond's. But winter, I just kind of like brace myself for it's always like it's hard. But I'm actually like I'm trying to focus this year on winter here because I so like my dog and I are basically like off leash everywhere we go mm-hmm. and it's so much easier to do in the winter when nobody's around I don't have to like worry about her like bothering somebody or other dogs or whatever so I like, like how you say my dog and I are <laughs> off leash like she doesn't have you on a leash <laughs> that's either true. that's actually like <laughs> the more appropriate phrasing um so no it's been nice like I've um We've just been like kind of running around um, and nobody's like been out because it's not nice. summer forever anymore. So I'm looking forward to that. And like other winter feels that like thinking about like what I'm thankful for about winter. And I do really like the idea of using winter as like more of an introspective time and getting to do things like I normally like um, will not choose to do over being outside because I mm-hmm. love the outdoors so much that you can't really keep me inside when it's nice out. So yeah. I don't get to do things or I don't make myself do things that I also love indoors, like, like playing guitar and writing and read. Like, I mean, obviously you can do all those activities outside Yeah, and I do, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just easier to kind of be like, to feel kind of in my head and my extrovert head better yeah. about staying in because it's like what pitch black at five o'clock. So, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, I'm trying to like focus on those things and kind of like looking forward to more of like of a restful, introspective time that's more low key. Yeah. Um, so we'll, for we'll someone see how that I had no happy pill, you just have like four. <laughs> I w- the more I thought about them, like they kind of just increased. That's a good point. Sometimes like, it takes time. You just yeah. gotta like look for the positive. Yeah. Listen, we're not all gonna have a million happy pills all the time. No. We know that we're not that happy. Just <laughs> happy. <laughs> but. The point of our happy pill segment is to force us to find that positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I feel like this was a heavy episode. Yeah. It's I kind of a got lot. pretty deep into my depression. <laughs> <laughs> it made me sad. But here <laughs> no. we are. No, I know. Come back. Um, is it homework time? I think it's homework time. I yeah. don't know what the homework is. I know what the homework is. All right. Homework. Homework. I think the homework this week is to, we're repeating ourselves, just doing what we said about self-assessing. So, like, mm-hmm. think about what your mental health symptoms look like. Like, are they are they different from ours? Are they the same? Like, let us know. Um, drop in our comments or send us a DM, uh, send us an email, etc. We're interested. We kind of want to capture the full spectrum of, like, what these mm-hmm things look like for you and see if it starts to help like see if it see if recognizing those things and calling them out in like discrete physical ways helps from a perspective of kind of like breaking up like that kind of like how big the word anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder feels and see if that helps and and see if like you can feel them start to like edge on if you're kind of new to experiencing them and see mm-hmm. if it, see if it helps you guys at all we're interested to hear your feedback on that the way that you can do that is 
Follow us on Instagram at Emotion for Mental Health. Send us an email at Emotion for Mental Health at gmail.com. What else? Like us on Facebook. Yeah, like us on Facebook. Subscribe. We share there too. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple yeah. Podcasts, whatever your platform is. Rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Please. Always give us five stars, never less, or else, <laughs> mm, I don't know, you fail your homework. <laughs> <laughs> your homework is just to rate us five stars all the time on everything. I think that's it. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. I hope that the ho- the holidays are happy for everyone. Like we said on the last episode, I know they are not always. So I hope that you find enjoyment in whatever you're doing. Yeah, take and care of yourself. And happiness. Yeah. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.